0: in all honesty sing what what was chase just singing oh is that why I was singing that yeah that I didn't song. even know I was singing somewhere over the rainbow a second ago go ahead in all honesty the reason we we're made we made this a tiny tale, and I told Hannah it's not so tiny it's it it might be like ten minutes shorter
1: than some of our. Yeah, our episodes. tiny tales are an attempt to be tiny. Yeah. Lacey says they're tiny if they're under an hour. Yes, like but 50, I also just said minutes. Hannah. I just
0: want to hear the tiny tales theme song.
1: But yeah, that's why. That's why we're calling this a tiny tale so that it'll be. A, also, that theme song. The
0: um. This is probably our spookiest episode yet. You think? Because today we're talking about rainbows. <laughs> when, when I told no, Hannah no story, just I don't know. I rainbows. remember where we were when I was like. We should just talk about rainbows, and that was before I even realized or it clicked in my head that it was Pride Month. Yeah, that's why. That's why I thought you chose it. hmm And it's not even. We're not even talking about the rainbow flag. No, I we're not. Just we're talking about actual rainbows. Which reminds me of The Big Bang Theory. You know, where Sheldon has the his YouTube show where he just talks about flags. I feel like that's gonna be another subset of our show where we just start talking, talking about, about talking about flags. I mean, we're talking about rainbows. Our next episode is just gonna be called Flags. Or like something weird, me. like the history of freckles. we got, we've got or some something. interesting
1: things on our on our list, but this might be the most random.
0: It, uh, yes, the most random, I would say. But there is there's a good amount of information about rainbows and the history of rainbows and the legends behind rainbows. And to be honest, I haven't even seen a rainbow lately. But it just popped in my mind that they're nice and they'd be they nice to talk about. And I do
1: I do feel like they they are a common symbol in like. Everything. Youthful stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last time you tell, we talked about unicorns. Today, we're talking about rainbows. We are. Next week, we'll talk about waterfalls. And this, this one gets a, a little bit uh, scientific. It does. And you so know me. Bear
0: with us. And mathematical and everything. And you know me and Hannah. That's our strong suit. That geography.
1: For sure. So, shall we? We shall. So, a rainbow. Mm-hmm. As you obviously, hopefully, know, you. Is an arc of colors formed in the sky in very specific circumstances. It is caused by the refraction and dispersion of the sun's light by rain or other water droplets that happen to be in the atmosphere. Science. science. Now, the word rainbow comes from the Latin arcus pluvus, pluvius, which means a rainy arch. Mm-hmm, I get that. Sense. I see that. I'm catching on so far. So far, we're tracking... In the Greek and Roman times, which I feel like all of our stories go back to the Greek and Roman Everything times. Everything does. They did. We've well, we'll said this before. talk about Homer again. Yeah. Yeah, they do all things. Uh, during the Greek and Roman times, it was believed that rainbows were a path created by the goddess of the rainbow. Her name was Iris that was linking us or linking the gods to the mortals, the mm-hmm. immortals, like between heaven and earth, basically. Mm-hmm in the greek epic poet homer believed that rainbows were made of just one single color purple how do you believe that but also how do you believe that are you can are you colorblind
0: maybe he could have been are you telling me you have seen multiple rainbows that were just one One color color purple
1: no i don't know i don't know i don't know in norse mythology so a lot of this does kind of get mythological Mm -hmm. before it gets scientific in Norse mythology, a rainbow called the Bifrost connected Earth with Asgard, um, and Asgard is where the gods live. So a lot of people thought, like, and I just started rewatching all the Marvel movies, and I know that's where Thor and mm-hmm. Loki
0: are, mm-hmm. and I know Heimdall is—he watches over the Bifrost. Mm-hmm. Yep, you bet. Got... And I'm just making all the connections in my brain.
1: <laughs> yep. Which I—I I mean, I—and I guess part of why people believe that is because you can't ever get to the end of a rainbow, and so they. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why that is, and I don't remember if we are talking
0: about this later or not, rainbows are circular. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And most people can see them from
1: airplanes. You can see, see the, the whole circle. circle. Yeah,
0: oh. they're not. Oh. Yeah. Side.
1: In the ancient beliefs of Japan and Gabon, rainbows were the bridges that human ancestors took to descend to the planet. So again, another bridge type figure. Mm-hmm. And it, most people think that this is that that's the mythology because the shape of a rainbow obviously mm-hmm. like resembles kind of, of a, a, bridge. a bridge, or like the the bow of an arch. Uh, in Hindu culture, they taught that the god Indra used his rainbow bow like actual bow and arrow to shoot arrows of lightning okay i think they were going with some geometry there yeah the shape of the rainbow that was makes more shape sense of the than just the him thinking it's purple so and then the lightning bolts the shape of like an arrow mm-hmm. in the bible the rainbow was a sign of the covenant so you've got all these different like symbolic things mm-hmm. of rainbows Sometimes rainbows, though, can be a negative thing. So I think so far most of those have been pretty positive, like these connections between heaven and earth type mm-hmm. of thing. Sometimes they're negative, though. In parts of Burma, for instance, rainbows are considered demons that threaten children. How can, how can anyone look at a rainbow and think, yeah. scary? Yikes. I, know. I guess if that's what you grew up with. Then there are also tribes throughout the Amazon that associate rainbows with disease, which I will say I think I can get that more because rainbows do come when there's lots of water, and water could, like somehow, have affected their their crop or whatever, like ruin their crop. I don't know, so I can get that one. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about the, the threatening part of children, right? Greek philosophers were some of the first to study the rainbows. Not of surprising. course they were. And I know. Love those Greeks. Mm-hmm. Aristotle was the first to actually write about the rainbow in his book called Meteorology. Sometime mm-hmm. in 300 BC. Yeah. Who knew it went back that far? In his description, Aristotle said that there were only three colors of the rainbow, which I can understand this one more than the than just one just purple. purple. Mm-hmm. Aristotle said that there... These are almost the only colors which painters cannot manufacture, for there are colors which they create by mixing, but no mixing will give red, green, or purple. These are the colors of the rainbow, but though between the red and the green, an orange color is often seen. What
0: does he mean by "you can't mix colors to get red, green, or purple"? Mm. You're like you learned that in kindergarten. I guess they didn't have paint. I don't know. Don't, blue and green makes purple. Red and orange makes yellow. I don't know. He also. That was, this
1: was, he, was, he was the very first one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've we'll learned give it a lot him. since then. This three color theory was accepted for a really long time. It was also symbolic, it was often associated with the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So, probably why there's kind of like a religious connection to it. Then Isaac Newton was the first to give it more of this scientific proof he talked about the light spectrum by claiming that the white light consists of all the colors of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. Sure. Newton. He also said that all the colors could be seen if a ray of light was passed through a glass prism. Which he's correct. Yeah. So he was kind of the first to replace the water prism with the glass prism. He also showed that red light is redacted less than blue, which is the reason why it's one of the only main colors you see is red. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of the most prominent colors you see is because it's redacted mm-hmm. more. He eventually was the first to identify all seven colors of the rainbow. And did you learn this when you were a kid? Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. Roy Red, G. Biv, orange, baby. yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. When I think
0: back at school, I think of Roy G. Biv and the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell. Right. Like what
1: the random, mm-hmm. the random like childhood facts. Didn't learn about taxes or anything but meaningful. But Roy G. Biv. But that mitochondria I though, can paint you a rainbow. <laughs> Not all agree that indigo should be included, which I was going to point that out, too. Describe to me the difference between indigo and violet. I don't know. I Let's think... Just it out and right. and just pe- a lot of people did disagree. I know, and a lot of pe- yeah, a lot of people. Um, Isaac is- Isimov said, it is customary to list indigo as a color lying between blue and violet, but it has never seemed to me that indigo is worth the dignity of being considered a separate color. To my eyes, it's just merely deep blue. He got deep with that. I does not associate a dignity. dignity with color, but okay. Also, think Roy G. Biv wouldn't flow as well if there was no eye You're right? <laughs> Some say that indigo is not a separate color; that it's just a variation of the blue to the violet, depending on the wavelengths. Mm-hmm. Again, semantics. The most familiar type of rainbow is produced when sunlight strikes raindrops in front of a viewer at a really specific angle. It's 42 degrees. Mm-hmm. This is why you see it after, like, rain, a big heavy rain, near fog, sea spray, waterfalls, things like that. Yeah, there are things called, there's ro-
0: rog bows. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say fog bows. There's also moon bows,
1: which I don't know if I've ever seen those. I don't know if I've seen those Mist
0: bows. There's different versions of
1: rainbows. Now you know. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, rainbows are optical illusions, it actually does not exist in a specific spot in the sky. It totally depends on where you're standing. It also depends on where the sun or the source of light is shining. Mm-hmm. That's also another reason you can't get to the end of the rainbow, because it's not a it's not an actual yes, thing. It's just yeah. an optical illusion. Um the sun or whatever source of light is is shining behind is usually behind the person seeing the rainbow. So the the center of the primary rainbow is this is real sciencey is the anti solar point mm-hmm. the imaginary point exactly opposite of the sun. Mm, facts. I think this is also why some people see the rainbows and other people don't because it depends on where you're standing. Mm-hmm. Rene Descartes, Descartes was the first who realized in 1637 that rainbows were caused by light from the sun being split into the different colors by rain, mm-hmm. kind of like how the uh, prism. Yeah. A prism would split it open. Rainbows are, we've said this, the they're this refraction and reflection of light. They both, this; these are both phenomena that happen when a change in a wave's direction is is involved. mm mm-hmm. uh, A refraction may appear bent, which is kind of where you get the arc, while a reflected wave might seem to bounce back, like, from a surface or, like, some other wave front. Mm-hmm. Light entering a water droplet is refracted, like one single, even in one single water droplet. It is Mm -hmm. then reflected by the back of the droplet. Just gets real deep. Mm -hmm. And then the reflected light, when it leaves the droplet, it's refracted. It's like it keeps bouncing back and forth, Mm -hmm. like all these reflections from all these different angles. It makes me think it's snip, snap, snip, snap. But it's it. Refraction, refraction, reflection, refraction, reflection. I was wondering what kind of song would come out of this episode. Uh. The radius of a rainbow is determined by the water droplets refractive index. Good old refractive index. Which is, will tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. It's the measure of how much a ray of light refracts or bends as it passes from one medium to another. Whether it's from air to water. Fog, fog bow. Fog, Moon yeah. bow. Right. Uh, these droplets with these highly refractive indexes will help produce a rainbow with a smaller radius. So salt water... Has a higher refractive index than fresh water, mm-hmm. so you rainbows that are formed by a sea spray will be smaller than those formed by rain because of the salt. Fascinating. And also, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever seen a rainbow at the o like at the ocean. Oh, I don't know. They've always been like on those random drives where mm-hmm. like it's rained a bunch. Yeah. This is what you're saying earlier that rainbows are actually full circles. Mm-hmm. So the anti-solar point is the center of the circle. And viewers up in the planes, like you said, can often see the whole rainbow. Never seen that either. That would either. be cool. I also don't look out the window on the plane because I'll throw up. Oh, I look out the window of the plane all the time. And oh, I've really? never seen that before. Mm-hmm. So, so because it's circular, it also actually consists of two rainbows. So there's the primary and the mm-hmm. secondary. There's always uh, two rainbows. In the, and sometimes there's you can a see main both. one. Yeah.
0: Do you know the double rainbow guy from YouTube? Uh-uh. Hannah. What? The guy that, like. I think he just smoked a doobie, and then he sees two rainbows, and he freaks out, and it went viral. I've never seen that. And he starts crying because he sees the two.
1: No, I'll show you later. Okay. But there are two, so sometimes you can see them, sometimes you can't. Between the bows, the sky is darker Mm -hmm. than anywhere else, and this area is called Alexander's Dark Band, Mm -hmm. after Alexander of Aphrodisias, who was the first to like describe that area in
0: 200 A.D. I know. You had one man thinking of. Rainbow was just purple and another man who knew there was two in the dark band. And the dark band in between. I know.
1: As far as the colors go, when sunlight hits a droplet, a rain droplet, some of the lights reflected. There's this whole like electromagnetic spectrum, which I remember that term from Mm -hmm. studying rainbows. Mm -hmm. um, That's made of light of different wavelengths. Mm -hmm. And each that's reflected is at a different angle. So you get a bunch of different colors. Yeah. It gives you all the separated colors Mm -hmm. of the rainbow. Maybe in the ancient times, there was no spectrum. Maybe that's why he Maybe just, it just, it just purple. Mm-hmm. Red, we've talked about, is, like, the most prominent color. It's the longest wavelength of visible light. That makes sense. Which is why it's, like, the main outer part of the arc. Mm-hmm. Violet has the shortest wavelength, which is why it's, like, the smallest one, mm-hmm. like, on the very inside. And then everything else falls in between. At the edges... The colors of a rainbow actually overlap, which I not a lot of people see the like edges of the rainbow. The edges of, of the rainbow are normally white, well, and and I think a lot of people like when people draw it, mm-hmm. they draw the little clouds at the edges. Yeah, probably because they are just seeing, seeing this yeah, this whiter white. color. Right. And then the double rainbows, which we kind of mentioned before, which I, apparently I guess are always there, you can't always really yeah. see them, are caused by when the light is reflected twice inside the rain droplet, which is just mm-hmm. a more rare like for us to be able to see mm-hmm. the second reflection it's is always reversed right it's always the opposite mm-hmm. so red you got the roy the g biv one and then say the that. second
0: one is the red is where the violet is and say that, where back, the right say is. roy g biv backwards roy g biv b r biv. 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 biv
1: yeah nailed it Just curious if you go mm-hmm. backwards Earth is the is apparently the only planet in the solar system where rainbows are possible. I'm not 100 percent sure how like people know people that because like where you've been to these other planets. Well,
0: maybe they know light and raindrops don't yeah. exist, or yeah. you know
1: the lack of raindrops on yeah. other planets, and so because it is most of the time the light source quote unquote mm-hmm. light source is being ref- reflected mm-hmm. from the sun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The longest ever, my my last fun fact before we talk about the rainbow murders, the longest lasting rainbow observation is recorded at 8 hours and 58 minutes. And it was achieved by the Chinese Culture University, um, which on November 30th, 2017. So it lasted 8 hours and 58 minutes. So someone sat there and, I mean, they probably rotated off, but Mm -hmm. this university, they sat there and and watched the rainbow for 8 hours. Almost almost 9 hours.
0: It's a weird hobby, but here we are talking about rainbows so and here we are talking about so them. it is what it is so there you go it's probably more than you ever wanted to know about rainbows but now you know and every time you look at one you'll think of us maybe yep and maybe Isaac Newton and his um or no maybe pr- Homer and his purple rainbow I did read that there is a rainbow and I forget what it's called but I think it's called just like a red rainbow and for some reason it just appears
1: red Okay, so maybe it, he
0: was going somewhere with that,
1: but again, I feel like I can understand that because red's the, the like main color, wave yeah, not purple. The strongest color, purple's the smallest. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like overcast today. Watch me walk out of here, and I just see a
1: purple if rainbow. There's a double rainbow out here when we walk. Double
0: about? rainbow in the double sky. purple rainbow. Um, we have, but yeah, it's time snack break.
1: Yeah, here we go. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Today's Tiny Tail comes with a tiny snack break. Hannah said, are you just going to start a random tradition? And I said, yes, I am. She is. She's so today, adding
1: something to our snack break. Uh,
0: there's no... You can hear Hannah rustling I'm the bag. Uh, yeah. Hannah's over there eating some... Today we're eating, you know, the Taste of the Rainbow. We're eating some gummy Skittles, or Hannah's
1: eating them. Yeah. Well, because... I got these, because they're... Obviously, their slogan is Taste of the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. But I think the Skittles gummies are better than the regular Skittles. I do. We've almost eaten the whole
0: bag. Um, the fun tradition, I, she called it a tradition, I don't know, is on, um, I, we were talking about sayings and phrases, and it would have been great if we would have had one, a rainbow saying. Right.
1: Like, She's going to give us a random one.
0: Um, but the, the, the phrase we're talking about today is, the cat got your tongue? And do you want to know where that came from? Yeah. Okay. Well, there are two possible sources for this. Um, while you sit over there and you enjoy your little snack, I'll tell you about it. The first refers to the cat of nine tails, which was a, a whip used in the English Navy for fogging. And the whip caused so much pain that the victims were left speechless. Ew. And a second refers to the practice of cutting out the tongues of liars and blasphemers and feeding them to cats. Ew.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd Good. rather eat Skittles gummies than cat tongues. Yes, or I, then, would, then I would my, too. Then my tongue be fed. Okay. I would
0: too. So stick around for the next tiny tale. Well, we'll talk about another fun phrase that has nothing to do with anything. But now you know if you've ever wondered where that was coming from. Now you know. And now to go talk about some more gruesome things. It's time for that true crime. Mm-hmm. me oh me time for some true crime me and hannah were just laughing about something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today so if we're a little choked up i'm gonna try my best to make it happen we had some ideas for a tiktok and we don't even have a tiktok but we had some ideas for it so anyways i digress today we're talking about the rainbow murders because what else would we be talking about i looked um sometimes i just shoot in the dark on google Same. I'll just Google like. And things will come back.
1: Mermaid related. People killed. People killed by mermaids. Rainbow related true crime. A
0: woman with no legs killed a man with. That was in love with another man. And then. Sometimes it happens. And sometimes it happens. And that is one of those times. Because a lot of people get nicknames for things. Mhm. So today we're talking about the rainbow murders. There were two options for this. There was the story we're telling today and then there was a story about this man in I think in Brazil who was going around to gay bars and killing people and I didn't like that, so we're doing this instead. I mean not that we like any of the Oh no, the but p- I don't true crime I just, just was we like that yeah. Um, especially not this month, so in the summer of 1980, 19-year-old Nancy Santo Mero of Huntington, New York, and 26-year-old Vicki Durian of Wellman, Iowa set off from Durian's parents' home to hitchhike to, and I freaking looked this up like an hour before you got here so I would know how to say it, and I already forgot, but I'm gonna go with Monongahela National Park in Southeast West Virginia. Never heard of it. I uh, haven't either. And if you did, it's What I just said probably didn't match what the actual name was, so maybe you have heard of it, and I just said it wrong. But anyway, it's in West Virginia, and they were going there for the gathering of the Rainbow Family. Have you ever heard of the Rainbow Family? I have not. One can just imagine... But they are a group of individuals committed to principles of nonviolence and world peace who hold these annual festivals around the country in national parks at the beginning of July. So, basically, it's a group of hippies.
1: Okay, I was about to say, I was picturing, like, based on the date that, mm-hmm. that you gave, 1980, and based on the fact that you mentioned hitchhiking, yeah. that's where, that is where my mind was going. Yeah. Towards it that sounds hole. very hippie-ish. Yeah. These gatherin-
0: gatherings started in 1970, but 1980 would be the first time that the gathering was held on the East Coast. Again, when I hear West Virginia, I
1: don't think a group of rainbow people, that just a bunch no, of hippies. I do picture that, I mean, especially saying that this is the first time it's held on the East Coast. I mm-hmm. picture that more as like a West Coast. Also, just I think because of the like climate, I mean, just the weather, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being outdoors and stuff. The conservative quote unquote mountain
0: folk of West Virginia were not happy about this group of hippies invading their rural homesteads. Say rural ten times fast. I can't can't do it. In the month before the West Virginia event, Secretary of State A. James Mansion, I'm gonna say that's how you say his name, and a group of the residents around that area filed a suit in federal court to bar the Rainbow family from having its reunion. In the Monongahela National Forest. And at that time, Manchin was quoted in the news reports as saying that West Virginia didn't need, quote, this bunch of derelict misfits. Ooh, um, He asked the U.S. Forest Service to withdraw the group's camping permit. He, he was really trying. He didn't want these people there. But the court... The suit was dropped and the reunion started. Because these people
1: are just living their lives, okay? And, like, they had a permit. It's a national park. Mm-hmm. You can do what you want. It if might, you get a permit, you're allowed. I mean, it sounds like they were going through all the right hoops that they needed to. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if it's not your cup of tea, then
1: don't come to the they tea don't, party. Don't, don't go to the national park when they're don't there. Don't do it most
0: people in West Virginia were pissed about the rainbow people coming but some people just enjoyed the spectacle which would have been neat. Like the people watch yeah, yeah. I, I love to people watch it was said that groups of these hippies were just walking around the town naked and this included going through the car wash naked to get cleaned off because they were dirty dirty people out in the woods I mean. Others were seen, and I don't like this, I would have liked to have washed it, but not if it would have been my vegetables, but some people, some of these hippies were seen washing their hands at the vegetable sprinklers at the grocery stores, which I didn't go through that car wash. For some reason, I just didn't picture those being in existence in the eighties, but I guess, I guess they were, (laughs) I guess people also didn't like their vegetables rotted back then either. So there were sprinklers in the grocery store, but whatever. An estimated 6,000 people attended this gathering. That is a lot of, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. There was a naked bluegrass band at the entrance of the park, just welcoming welcoming the crowd. The gathering was set up into a bunch of different sections, so they had a nude section, a section for people who wanted to wear clothes. They had sections for people interested in organic farming, uh, a section for those interested in drugs,
1: (laughs) and then those not interested in drugs. It was just... I'm also just kind of picturing the way a lot of, like, church services or restaurants are set up now where it's Mm -hmm. like mask only section or non-mask section Mm -hmm. it's just like you like drugs you don't like drugs sit here
0: sit here (laughs) you want to wear clothes you want your dong out
1: (laughs) it's up to you hey at least i gave people (sighs)
0: options vicky durian back to the two girls she was born to farmers in 1953 and she was the second oldest of eight kids that's a lot of kids during her youth she had a very squeaky clean image Future homemaker of America type gal, she was a great student. She loved animals, but by 15 she started drifting towards this hippie movement. And by the time she graduated high school, she was five months pregnant, which does not bode great for a young girl who was raised in a Catholic family and living in rural Ireland. That word just keeps coming up. And it's very oh. difficult to say. Also, my to- my just, tongue gets in the way when say I say
1: Ireland it. instead of Iowa. No, I didn't. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> Uh, I'm
0: in Iowa, but we know where my mind is at all times. Ireland. The baby was given up for adoption, and her family kind of just swept that under the rug. They never spoke about it again. And Vicky eventually moved to California to live the life of a hippie. And she started hitchhiking as a means to get around. And at that time, her, like, road name was known as Bright Star. I
1: didn't realize people had road names. I don't know. What would yours be? I don't know, but Snack. I wouldn't have hit. I don't think I would have hitchhiked. Snack that, Queen? That, yes. That like terrifies me, the idea of oh, hitchhiking. Oh, I would never Just get ne- in the car with someone in my life.
0: No. Yeah. Nancy Santamero was a middle class girl. She was known to be naturally athletic and could get along with anyone. Her family was also more traditional, aka not hippies. But after graduation, she did try college but Nancy dropped out and just always seemed to be searching for something more and just very free-spirited type person not much is known about how Nancy and Vicky became friends but at some po- point they both ended up living in Arizona where they met at an organic food festival
1: i do imagine if you're like interested in this type of lifestyle you run into the same people yeah. over and over at, again at whole foods yeah. Probably in mm-hmm. your your paths cross. Yeah,
0: Nancy wanted to learn how to hitchhike. That is not something I have on my list no, of things I, to learn. It scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to learn from Bright Star, um, aka Vicky. So when they learned about the Rainbow Gathering, this seemed like the perfect opportunity for that. So here we are. We're back up to speed. They want to go this Rainbow Gathering. They also made plans to meet and ride with Vicky's friend Liz Jontro. They were going to meet at Vicky's family's home in Iowa where Vicki's family attempted to convince her not to go on this trip. And her mom even remembers crying and asking her not to go. But Vicki explained this was the last big trip and her mom agreed to drop them off at a highway ramp approximately 30 minutes from the family's home. Which is confusing to me because this is the 1980s and by that time like serial killers yeah, were that's starting I to just, I just come thinking, out of the woodwork. Had we
1: not heard of like any serial killers at this point? I th- I believe they have. So that's
0: interesting and unfortunate. Now going back to Liz who there's a whole book and it's called The Third Rainbow Girl but she, a day before the murder, she had an uneasy feeling and parted ways with the Nancy and Vicky at a Virginia See, truck stop. That,
1: didn't that happen in *Diallo's Past* too? Mm-hmm. There was that there was one, one person. Girl. She that, got sick. Yeah. Listen, gut feelings. Yeah. Trust
0: she them. Qu- she was quoted as saying that uneasy feeling wasn't a very logical reason to change course. So I remember making a collect call to my brother in Vermont and telling. And him telling me that our dad was getting married that next weekend, I took that as a good reason to change my plans and headed north instead of continuing to the rainbow gathering. I bet now she looks back on that. It's just like, see, I still say,
1: you know, you've got a gut instinct for mm -hmm. a reason. And nine times out of 10, it's gonna Sometimes it kicks
0: in and sometimes it doesn't. And hers kicked in. She uh, Liz Jontro was now in her fifties and she described Durian and Santamero as vibrant, fun living individuals, quote, I knew Vicky as a bright star. I took her warmth I took to her warmth immediately. I felt we were friends within minutes, and she was like that with so many people. Nancy was more serious but really curious and wanting to try new things. So
1: it just sounded not that's not that's not a bad way to be described. Mm-hmm.
0: On June 25th, 1980, at approximately 9 p.m., a college student noticed two people lying on the ground when he exited his vehicle at Briary Knob on Droop Mountain Park in
1: Pocahontas County, West Virginia. We love Pocahontas County. And West Virginia is where this whole thing was taking place. Uh, I don't West know how Virginia. close Pocahontas County was to the national park, but they're at least in this state. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Ireland... Like I mispronounced yeah.
0: a second ago. And speaking of West Virginia, they love Country Road, Take Me Home by John Denver. Um, I have multiple videos of my phone of multiple street of performers losing their minds over that song. And then just screaming it at the top of their lungs. Also, I told this one lady at the ice cream store, I was from Alabama, when she asked me. And she asked me if we were all still racist. So <laughs> there's that. So that's what they know about the South. Um Classic. Yes. At first this young man he thought this was a couple laying on the ground having intimate relations, but as he walked closer, which why I, not were like you, how he walked why closer were you trying to, people, to get yeah. a closer glance of that, he realized the gravity of the situation. He realized that the bodies of, were that of two deceased females and he was pretty Just, sure like, dumped on top of each other. I guess. He realized that these were most likely tourists because this was a really small town, and he knew everyone there. So, and he had never seen them before. So he got up close enough to see if he recognized them. I don't. I don't know what he was doing. The nineteen eighties. I also don't know what you were doing if you thought these two people were knocking the uglies, and you were just like, I'm get on,
1: on over that. there
0: and see." Neither victim carried identification and it took several days to identify the bodies as Nancy Santomero and Vicki Durian. Both women had been shot at close range and had been dead for three hours or less when found by the college student. One victim had been shot two times in the chest and the other three times in the head, neck, and chest. They were still warm when they, when this college student found them and rigor mortis had not been set in. They were all, Interestingly enough, as we continue on with the story, there were no signs of sexual assault. And that, well, when we talk about it later, it just, this crime seems really random and um, just spoiler alert. Harder to it's find a It's still a, a mystery. Yeah. It's still a mystery. Nancy's sister Kathy, who traveled to the Rainbow Gathering from her home in New York, had expected to meet her sister. And when Nancy did not show up, Kathy assumed she had decided not to come. And on July 5th, Nancy drove back. Or, I'm sorry, Kathy drove back to New York. Which, why, so you think. Imagine me thinking I'm going to meet you somewhere for like a and I don't show up and your are like, you like you should, nah, Time, you go time to pack her on up, head on out, boys. <laughs> I mean, I guess they have like quick and easy ways of contacting mm-hmm. each other. When she arrived back in New York, a friend of hers pointed out a newspaper article with the photographs of the victims. And she thought that one of them looked like her sister. So she drove back to West Virginia and on July 8th identified her sister's body and then helped
1: the police contact the Durian family. Also, imagine that that's how you find out. Yeah, that your sister died. Imagine, I imagine, I imagine it being article. like a sketching,
0: not like a you know
1: face of like her
0: dead body, but still, that's yeah, I can't imagine that. The rainbow gathering drew in thousands of people from all over, but because the bodies of the two women were found in such an isolated place, law enforcement zeroed in on locals who they thought would have been familiar with the area. Research a researcher on the case was quoted as saying. Through my research and reporting, I learned the investigators, who were also local, felt that their home place was somehow responsible for these acts of violence. The quest to bring justice in this case morphed at some point into a larger quest to redeem and purify their community through rooting out who they perceived to be its quote-unquote bad apples. Almost kind
1: of like a witch hunt type of thing.
0: Yeah. And maybe they were trying to prove that nobody in their community did it, but all the evidence kind of points that they did, so... In the fall of 1980, deer hunters found some of the girls' belongings about 60 miles west of Briery Knob, just thrown into the woods, but other than that, the case went cold. That is until July 1982, two years after their bodies were discovered. Vicky's dad received a strange, anonymous phone call. And when he answered the phone, a mysterious man was on the other line, and he said that he was from West Virginia and knew the cops that were working on the case. He said he knew the cops were dumb because he had gone to high school with them. And he also said that he was very sorry for the family's loss, but he refused to give a name and then just hangs up. So that's odd, yeah. That's Mr. Very odd. Durian reported to the reported the call to the authorities, and the authorities were able to put a tracer on the phone line. And because he's an idiot, the anonymous man calls back a second time and they were able to trace the phone call to a one Mr. Jacob Beard, who was 36 old and living in West Virginia. Bum, bum, Jacob Beard grew up on his family farm and their farm was actually thriving and his family had a good amount of money. He was known as a larger than life figure. Uh, one of the reasons being he was very physically imposing at more than 250 pounds. He was one of the most well known uh, residents in the area. He was also an alcoholic. And at the time of the murder, he was facing animal cruelty charges for allegedly killing his former girlfriend's cat and leaving it on her bed.
1: You, we know, you know what I always say
0: about the animals? That.
1: Well, yeah. And you know what I always say about the people who like it, pra- not practice or like experiment with like killing animals? Yeah. Is Never that's like a, that's turns a stepping out good. stone. Yeah.
0: Did you see my Instagram the other day where I was crying because I saw the pigeon get ran over? Yeah. I I literally cried the whole way to
1: work. I know.
0: So, you, you won't see me in one of these stories. No. Ever. No. Beard told police that he worked at Greenbrier Tractor Sales on the day of the murders until 1 p.m., and then he went out in the field to work for a customer. He stopped by a grocery store on his way home around 5.15 p.m., and then he and his wife attended a school board meeting at 7 p.m. He said he returned, around home, returned home around 9 p.m. I don't see a man that killed his cat and left it on his girlfriend's bed going, going to a school board meeting. No, you don't, don't seem like uh-uh, Father, father of the Year material or, or like PTA material. If, or if you do that,
1: you're just covering up for... Right. You being a shady person. Right.
0: He said that on his way home he saw the vehicle uh, or he saw a vehicle of a local resident, Christine Cook, nearby the entrance to Droop Mountain Park, along with a man named Palmer Atkinson and William McCoy and two women who may have been the Rainbow Women. I feel like William McCoy is the most like you're definitely from West Virginia if your name is William McCoy. Well, it McCoy. just reminds
1: me of like the Hatfields and mm-hmm. the McCoys. Mm-hmm. The like classic feud. Police questioned
0: Cook, and she denied being near the park. Beard then told police that another Rainbow member had been killed in September 1980, three months after Santamira and Durian were murdered. He said that Palmer Atkinson and Arnold Cutlip killed a woman and brought the body to his property, where they disposed of it by putting it into Beard's corn chopper.
1: This guy's just... Why, why? <laughs> throwing everybody under the bus?
0: Why are you? Why even bring that up though? That's why. Right. You're being shady about everything else. Why?
1: Well, probably because he put somebody in his own corn chopper mm-hmm. and he's trying to blame it on other people. He's just pointing mm-hmm. fingers at other people. He's like, dang it, they're gonna check that freaking corn chopper. It, was, it, was, it, was, Paul, it was Palmer and Arnold. Also,
0: what's a corn chopper? We'll never know. Police investigated and ultimately determined Beard's account was a hoax, and although Cutlip was arrested and held for two months before being released. So he basically made up that story, and this Cutlip guy went to jail. And the Cutlip guy was also like, I don't even know what a corn chipper is. In 1983, there's another guy named Lee Morrison who lived in the area. He went to the sheriff in a neighboring town and said, I guess he was just feeling guilty, and he said that he and a man named Gerald Brown had picked up the women while they were hitchhiking, and that after drinking... Um, Lee Morrison, this man, had passed out, but when he awoke, he found that this Brown man had killed the women and he was ordered by Brown to help bury the women. So, I don't dis- know where all these to people are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of different people admitting to a bunch of different things. Brown was arrested and charged with the murders, but at a preliminary hearing, Morrison recanted what he said and he said that he had been put up to the making of the statement by Beard. Okay, that's what I was about to say. That's so random right but apparently beard had told him he needed to, him to yeah make it's kind of like making you know a, an alibi or a scapegoat for him right morrison said that beard told him something would happen to his family if he didn't make this statement and the charges against brown were dismissed and he was released so we're still back to square one we don't know who did this
1: and we're back to being suspicious of this beard the beard guy, beard guy.
0: It wasn't until 1991, 11 years later, that investigators decided to take a second look at the cold case. And when going through the file, they find a handwritten note stating that they need to interview a woman named Alice Roberts. Also, I imagine them going through this file and just being like, what are all these names? John Brown, McCoy, General... Who are we supposed to talk to? Alice Roberts said that her daughter, Pam Wilson had seen it's like I, she said she said he said she said
1: but i also feel like that makes sense for like well, this a is small, small town. town yeah well that alice well, robert well, said well
0: that sadie may she told well, me to Daryl go down, Beard, check down by the creek in the well that's, and that's the the exactly farm. what yeah. i think it's
1: because everybody knows everybody uh, so what is know, a corn
0: chipper we don't still don't know still don't know alice Roberts said that her daughter pam wilson had seen two hippie women get into a van of a man named richard fowler William McCoy and a guy named Winters Walton had also been seen with Richard. And remember, Coy was the name, the the man that named Jacob Beard, had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that he was trying to plot it on. In November 1991, a man serving a 10-year prison term for forgery and auto theft reached out to the police, hoping to trade information about the case so he could get better prison conditions. This man named Keith Cohenor said that on the day the women were murdered, he drove into a tavern parking lot in Hillsborough, West Virginia, and walked past the van owned by Richard Fowler. He also said he heard Fowler inside the van, arguing with William McCoy, and McCoy told Fowler, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life behind bars for Jake Beard or no one else. Fowler Fowler replied that if Beard found out that he was saying those things, quote, you'll wind up in the same place as those girls are. In the corn chopper. (laughs) So, It sounds like Beard
1: is putting everyone up
0: to stuff. Yeah. And they're all arguing with one another. And just all these people are coming out of the woodworks. This co guy said that he and Fowler and McCoy met several hours later at a trailer owned by Gerald Brown. Brown is the guy from earlier who said that Jacob Beard convinced him to confess or else his family would be hurt. And co said that Brown and Jacob Beard were arguing and that Beard was telling Brown to keep his mouth shut. Beard then told William McCoy that if he didn't keep his mouth shut, he would end up on Briary Knob, too. It sounds like Beard is guilty yeah, well, to me. Let's just all arrest Beard. And that's the end of the story. Later that night, according to Cohener he gave McCoy a ride home, and McCoy confessed that he saw Beard shoot the women. The investigation intensified, and other witnesses were located... Uh, A guy named Steve Good reported seeing Fowler's van at Brown's home at about 6 p.m. on the night of the murders. He said that the van was backed into the Brown residence and that the van was being hosed out. Mm -mm. Never a good sign. William Scott told police he saw Beard driving at a high rate of speed out of Droop Mountain Park at about 3.30 or 3.45 p.m. on the date of the crime. And another witness said he saw Beard's vehicle, but not him, at the entrance of the park between 5.30 and 6 p.m. And remember the bodies would have been dead for about three or four hours hours, and they were found at about nine o'clock. Authorities ultimately brought murder charges on April 16th, 1992 against Jacob Beard, William McCoy, Richard Fowler, Gerald Brown, and Winters Walter, Arnold Cutlip, and Johnny Lewis. All of them. All of them. They were like, this story is too complicated. And we we, we, we charge them all. Yeah. Just bring them all in. And on April 16th, 1993, Beard was arrested in Crescent city, Florida, where he had moved and was working as a service manager at
1: a car dealership. He just was like, I just so gotta at get least out.
0: Beard seems like the main one, so he is just now arrested at this point. Yeah. And after this, Hannah and I talked about so it. So many people get involved. So many people that it's too confusing to go over all their names. Also, they're just like, we, 10 my, different like West Virginia
1: names. I was gonna say, my theory of this is because it's a smaller town. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. So in most cases, there's like, well, I saw this man who did this, or this woman who did this, but because it's a small town, everybody knows everyone. So there's like... Right. At one point, there's like 10 different people that get like charged for this. Uh-huh. And they're all blaming one another. It's that, it's that Spider-Man and, meme
0: where they're all in the room, and they're yeah, all pointing like, but, at each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the case, until 1991, um, the, the case went cold
1: because there... People just, just kept... Recant, like making statements mm-hmm. and recanting, and giving evidence, and then changing their minds. Right. The most interesting of these
0: accusations or Beard's defense was that a a guy by the name of Joseph Paul Franklin said that he had killed the women while he was in prison, and Joseph Paul Franklin is a, a, is a strange man. He was actually born James Clayton Vaughn Jr., and he was born in Mobile, Alabama. His parents were both abusive. were both very abusive, so he didn't have a great childhood. And in high school, James became fascinated with Nazis, and that is why um, he dropped out of high school at age seventeen and changed his name to Joseph Paul Franklin in honor of Paul Joseph Goebbels, who was a famous Nazi, and Benjamin Franklin, which is who just, was
1: not a Nazi.
0: He was not. Not sure where that came just, from. That's just one of the things. Idol. Like, might as well. If you want to change
1: your name, just change it to your. I your love electric.
0: I sure do love that electricity and kites. And sound guess. like something to do. After reading Mein Kampf, he felt inspired to start a race war. That's very um. What's the What's the um Charles Manson like? He decided that he would be a gifter a drifter, just floating from here to there and. That he would mostly kill Jewish and black people. He was committing robberies along the way to make money, and on July 29, 1977, he firebombed the Beth Shalom Synagogue in Chattanooga, Tennessee. No one was killed during the incident, but this is just showing he's ramping things up. He then essentially became a serial killer, and all of his killings were racially motivated. On March 26, 1978, Franklin actually attempted to assassinate the publisher of Hustler magazine, Larry Flint. And he did this because he said that Hustler was showing interracial images on its magazine. So there's that. Larry Flint's kind of a big name. He went on to commit many murders, including the murder of Nancy and Vicky, or he said he did at the time. And according to him, he picked up the women and decided to kill them after one of them said that she would date a black man which just seems very random. A psychologist said that Franklin was schizophrenic and not mentally sound to stand trial, but he was eventually sentenced and put to death on November 20th, 2013. And here's the problem I have with Beard trying to
1: say that this man did it. And even though the
0: man admitted to doing it, he did seem to be schizophrenic, and he kind of used this as a ploy to getting off death row by admitting to these women's murders. He thought it would buy him more time. Get him another trial yeah, or something. The police would have to investigate it, whatever. And he also thought it would get him into a state hospital. So, and it, this crime does not seem racially motivated because these are two white girls and he didn't have a problem with white well, women. And,
1: and he just, he brought up one thing in conversation mm-hmm. that no one else can back or prove. Mm-hmm. Whereas all these other people, have like, seem to have a lot of dirt on. Yeah. On Beard. Like, I I just, I I don't buy a a crazy guy, this guy who's schizophrenic in jail, who's trying to extend his time, versus Beard, who- All of these people saw. All of these people saw him Mm in certain places, heard him say certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, there's lots of evidence against him. Yeah. Trying to keep him out of jail. And then, There's just and, way more evidence against him yeah. than there is against this random guy. Right. And it who and was it, also a horrible guy. But, mm-hmm.
0: but all that he said, she said in the end kind of worked out for him because he went on trial again for a second time. And uh, they basically acquitted him because of all the back and forth and the he said, she said. Okay. And yeah. he later Beard filed a wrongful conviction lawsuit against Pocahontas County, and they agreed to a $2 million
1: settlement. Which blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah. I do see how this case would have been very frustrating mm-hmm. with all the people that are involved.
0: Yeah. Side note, William McCoy, who was one of the people, one of the many people involved in the whole, he, he, yeah. he said, she said, he was involved in the 1980 murder of Ralph Combs, who was also discovered on Priory Knob. So see, that's why
1: I think this is a group of, like, good old, good old boys, country, you know, hick boys uh-huh. that liked to drink and get into trouble and... Might they have were there were a couple of boys in the group that always took it over the edge. Mm-hmm. I think Beard and McCoy were two of the two that would take things too far over the edge. Mm-hmm. But then were so prideful they would never accept the consequences. And they would just pawn it off on everybody else. You mm-hmm. say you did it. Or I'm not going to jail for this guy. But they were both horrible guys. Yeah,
0: And I also just wonder what the point is. Because they said the women weren't sexually assaulted. But one of the witnesses said... Or one of these guys involved in the thing said that he picked... Th- he and but the beard, other guys. beard
1: wasn't even one of the ones that picked him up.
0: Yeah. Well, he said he wasn't, but who knows. Uh, yeah. But they said that they picked him up cuz they looked like hippies and they thought that they, they would sleep with them. Yeah, cuz yeah. the hippies are, you know, like But
1: then they said no, so then I uh-huh. think it was like this like sexual encounter gone wrong. And then somebody else in the group is like, "Oh, well if they don't want to sleep with you, bang." And they yeah. like just shoot some and then they're like, "Dude, what the heck?" Yeah. But And then they all get kind of like Mhm. Whose car was it? Whose van was it? Mm-hmm. Who dropped him off? Who shot him? Who picked him up? Right. Like, they're all involved. Yeah. So, till this but no th- one got in trouble.
0: No, no one did, And till this day. The murders, the rainbow murders, are still unresolved. Anyways, um, if you enjoy that very confusing story, you can check us out at Scary Tales Podcast
1: on Instagram. You can and you can deep dive for yourself mm-hmm. into the rainbow, the rainbow murders, um, and the rainbow there, people, and maybe become one. Not or not. No, let's not hitchhike.
0: That's not hitchhike, but I mean, if you want to be a rainbow person, you can be a rainbow person. That's fine, but
1: maybe just drive yourself to be your safe. own places. Don't hitchhike. Yeah. maybe just ride with people you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, great advice. Until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. We'll bring you some more we'll snacks, see you some more stories, and some more somewhere scary tales or oh. the rainbow. Wow. Bye. Bye. Bye.